Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This is, uh, we finally got to episode 40. 40 is kind of like a birthday, isn't it, for, for humans? It's like you get to your 40. So I wanted to kind of try and do a nice one for this one, something that means quite a lot to me. So I uh, managed to catch up with my friend Nicky Smasher, the Rocket Dolls. He also works with PR, has been, you know, a font of knowledge and stuff for, for, for all kinds of things. Yeah. A really great guy and a really great conversation. So that's coming up, and I'll get into that in a second. I also uh, added something after some having some feedback at the end of the show. So at the end of the show, I was always like, "What's the what, what's the best way to sign off with like some funny quip or something?" I thought, you know what, let's fuck out, forget all that, and instead I got like I'd approach a band whose music I really liked and get them to play out the the, the spoken metal show. So at the end of this episode, and I'll go into this. Before I play it, um, I've got the uh, the Anonymous's new single Ragnarok, um, which is a. I mean, I really like the band anyway, but this one's particularly good, and I'll get into that uh, as well. But one of the things that I kind of want to talk about just before we go into the the main episode, and and this episode's a long one. This is like a, an hour and a half, which is which is great. It's a great time to kind of get sort of as much as you can out of a conversation and kind of talk about everything rather than you know the. The usual banal conversation, uh, you know, questions that you get when you when you normally interview. When it goes longer, you always get a lot more interesting stuff. And I think it's a fantastic interview with it with a good friend. But before I get into that, I want to mention uh, two people that passed away these last few days. Um, both of them whose names you might not know, but you will when I go into it. So the first one was a, a gentleman called uh, Roslo uh, Shilabo, um, or Shilabo. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I'm probably not, and forgive me if I am. That name probably won't uh, really kind of resonate with, with, with a lot of people. That's uh, R-O-S-L-A-W, uh, S-Z-A-Y-B-O. And he was um, a fantastic artist uh, and, and, and photographer and, and, and all kind of around creative person. And he passed away, sadly. Um, but what every metalhead uh, and, and fan of metal music will remember him fondly for that he didn't realise he did was the uh, the work he did with Judas Priest. Me, obviously, I keep it no secret that I'm a, a huge Judas Priest fan and the albums are all the iconic uh, iconography on, on all the albums, um, chiefly which and possibly if, if, you, if you held a lot of Priest fans together and asked them for the most sort of important and, and, and representative album cover, you might say Defenders of the Faith is an argument for, for, for those. Personally, it's Turbo, you know, all my feelings on that. But he did the album cover for British Steel. That's the famous album cover of the hand holding up the oversized razor blade with Judas Priest, British Steel, but on. And that has gone on to be so iconic and so encapsulating of where the band were at that particular moment. It, it, it's transcended it, 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 its humble beginnings. You know, I mean, Dimebag had that, that British Steel thing, uh, the blade around his neck, you know, uh, countless tattoos are out there. And he went on to do some fantastic stuff as well, going to that in a second. He was the, um, originally uh, in 1961, uh, was uh, came from the Academy of Fine Arts in Warsaw. And then in 68 and 72, he was the art director for uh, an advertising thing called Young and Rubicam. And then the, the most sort of t- the time that kind of he did this stuff musically was between 72 and 88, when he was the artistic director at CBS Records. And the list is, I mean, I'm talking thousands of albums. He was doing Miles Davis, Not the Hoople, The Clash, Chicago, 
these fantastic sort of uh, collaborations and stuff. And I, I strongly urge you to check his work out, Google his work and see all the images of some of the fantastic and creative things that the gentleman was doing. Not necessarily a metal fan. He famously says that he you know, didn't really listen to the band's music, but had a way of syncing in exactly what that particular person wanted uh, as an image. You know, he then went down, did uh, obviously the British Steel, he did Killing Machine, um, uh, points of entry and stained glass. These are all very, very much sort of in in inherently in in the whole Judas Priest story. And KK talks about how British Steel, when he saw that album cover, he was like, you know, that's that's exactly what we were after. That's it became a jump off point almost of what what the formative part of, part of the band were. Um, and that gentleman passed away, um, two days ago. And I, I, it's really tragic, but uh, as tragic as that is. You know, we should remember the great work he did and some of the artistic endeavours he did. And I suggest to take out uh, a look at um, his artwork and some of the stuff, not just generally in the metal thing, and especially if you're a photographer or you're an artist, and, and have a look at his work. It is absolutely superb. And the crowning achievement for me personally is the cover of British Steel by Judas Priest. Um, so that was um, Ross Law's Labo. Um, and I just wanted to, 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 talk, to talk briefly. I, mean, I could probably do a whole show about him. Maybe I should. But the other person who as well who passed away yesterday was uh, someone else's name who maybe doesn't get the recognition he deserves. A gentleman called Larry Carroll. Larry Carroll, once again, may not be a name that's synonymous that most metal and heavy music fans are apparent with. But trust me, you're, you are familiar with his work. Larry Carroll had an inherent relationship and an ingrained relationship with, with Slayer. He designed and produced the Rain and Blood album cover alongside South of Heaven, see South of Heaven, South of Heaven, Seasons in the Abyss, and then in two thousand and six, is sort of um, not a that's the wrong way to say comeback album, but they brought Lombardo back for Christ Illusion, and he did the cover of that. I remember seeing the I had an early copy of Christ uh, Illusion to re, as a review copy. And the minute I seen the, the the artwork, I knew the, 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 what they were trying to do. You know, from that perspective, you know, this is a gentleman. And we go back slightly where, you know, did um, political illustrations for the Village Voice and the New York Times and the LA Times and Spin. You know, this is a, you know, this is a, a valid artist, you know, uh, working on a, at a high level. And he did things with Xeroxing and paints and colours and stuff and all kinds of slightly unconventional means to produce these wonderful, um, disturbing sort of visceral images. I know, like, you, you think, like, think about um, Show No Mercy and how the, the almost... almost Cartoonish sort of lower level stuff that he did when he when 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 Rain and Blood came out, which is you know easily you know one of one of the greatest metal albums of all time. If you ask Andrew, uh, uh, my friend Andrew O'Neill, he'll certainly tell you that's the case. And it's like twenty nine minutes long or something. But think about how iconic that cover is because it's like it's serious. It's it's very it's it's taken the music inside and and no mockery of it's treated completely seriously. And as a like you know, like an anonymous Bosch picture come to life, it just you know think South of Heaven. Think how iconic that fucking cover is. It's absolutely launched a billion copies, and a, you know it's it's still to this day. You could have take the Slayer logo off it, and it'd still be recognisable as 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 his work. That's that is an amazing thing. Think about Seasons in the Abyss as well. Jesus, these are amazing album covers. And Larry Carroll completely encapsulated what Slayer were trying to do. The music inside the record matched the outside cover. And when that was when covers were a huge deal. 
with that they became icon icons and he created like that's three of Slayer's best albums. Four if you depending on how you feel about Christ Illusion. Three of Slayer's best albums with three of Slayer's best covers. Let's there you go. That's probably it. So that was the I would suggest checking out his work as well. He's an interesting artist and certainly revisit some of those album covers. The best thing you can do for both of these artists is to get those albums. I will tonight is get both of those sort of artist albums out and, and, and actually just look and examine the linear notes and, and everything about the about the artwork that they produced. You can't do that on some of the streaming services and, and a CD doesn't just doesn't do a fucking justice. Grab a vinyl record and, and have a look at that work that that person put in. It can't be duplicated. That is their own style and there isn't inherently theirs. So we we salute those two those two gentlemen for the work they did. Um to 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 not only metal but as a wider world as well, and I just wanted to take the time to say, you know, you know to, to, to please check those 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 guys out and the work they've done. So, the next the interview you're about to hear is with uh, my friend Nicky Smash. Now let's get some things right out on the on, on the table here, out in front street. So, the quality of this recording goes up and down. Why? Because it was recorded in um in a green room. Sometimes. I don't get the chance to have a you know a fully antiseptic sort of you know area where there's no sound whatsoever and I can record it on good microphones. Sometimes I take the chance and go out and see these people like with Simon Hall interviewed in roughly the same place and the quality's not perfect, but that's kind of part of its charm. You can hear bands sound checking in the background. The one point one comes in and puts a kettle on because it's a green room. That's how it is, and you know people talking slightly and stuff like that. But you can hear everything and you get what what Nicky's talking about. One of the things that happened that was interesting near the end of this conversation was that um, people had started to come into the green room, sitting down and actually listening to the conversation. So many, in fact, that I make reference to it in the actual thing at the end of the show. And they um, they give us a round of applause after we finish talking. And, and I thought that that might be a small window into what the live version of the spoken metal show will be. In fact, it probably is. If you look at the when eventually when it does go live, and you see the DNA of what we're trying to do, you'll see that that maybe been a, one of the start points. So that was quite nice. So, yeah, the sound quality goes up and down and, and all that. But enjoy that. Enjoy the fact that if you could hear Eddie Van Halen sound checking, you can hear people setting up. It's still Eddie Van Halen sound checking. Am I comparing myself to Eddie Van Halen? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm joking. Um, but the point being is you can get to hear something nice, take it for what it is, and if it's not perfectly recorded, don't worry about it, get over yourself, you know, it's not that bad. It was either that or wait till I could get a, a perfect recording and, and with all that. And, and I just thought, that's just not the way I'm going to do it. I wanted to get a, the 40th episode to be special. I wanted to be doing it with a friend. And Nicky's got some great insights into growing up and listening to music, which I call public relations, but uh, that's probably the... It's probably the worst way to put it there. Like, you know, it's promotions and, and that type of thing of promoting a band. And he comes up with some interesting things about if you're a band starting out, if you're a band and you, you've been in a band for a long time, you might disagree with them, you might agree with them. It doesn't matter the fact that there's a debate going on and you should think about what you should do when you're promoting your band and how you should do that. And I think he brings up some really interesting points and we talk quite a lot. We could have gone another an hour and a half, but what Nicky did, he, I took him from waking him up when he got to the venue to literally maybe 10 minutes before he was due on stage. We went right to the wire to get this. Um, and it was just great fun. You can hear it when, when we're talking, how much we, we, we enjoyed it. And I think it's really nice. It's a nice way to celebrate the 40th episode. And, um, Please, uh, you know, uh, please enjoy it. So here we go. Uh, this is uh, Nikki Smash. Okay, so with me 
today is someone I've been on the list. I have a list of people that I need to speak to and people who I find instructive and, and I think will be, you're going to enjoy listening to as well. The person that's sitting opposite me is probably when people talk about a working musician and a working grassroots musician, they're thinking of this person I'm going to introduce now. <laughs> they're thinking about um, someone who is literally at the front uh the front of, of what's going on in terms of what it really means to be a working band and they've been around for 10 plus years in various incarnations still producing music of great quality and still out there doing it and getting it done with engagement to the fans and engagement with a metal crowd and a rock crowd going the length and breadth of the country and beyond to because they love doing what they do. You can't go as long as, 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 as this band has gone without genuinely loving what you're doing. I had the pleasure to work very briefly with them uh, and it gave me an insight into just how important this is to, to, to my guest and how important it is to the band about metal, its future, where are we going with this and how does a young band start, where the fuck do you go, how does an established band move forward to the next level. Um, so without further ado, let me just fucking introduce my friend more than anything else, Nicky Smash of the Rocket Dolls. Hello, mate. There you, you go, doing? there he is. <laughs> and I'm, I, do you know what I mean every word of that? It's the ain't fucking hype early. You know? it's, it's just... Oh, mate, that means a lot. Thanks, man. You know, because... Like let's. How long has how long has the Rocket Dolls been t- together? As a, as Eleven a, years and three months. That's fucking crazy. It's fucking. You know, people get put away for less for doing crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like you know. I mean, we'll go. I always try and go from the beginning to where we are now. But um, this is this is the RPM Takeover tour with uh, Riders Creed and uh, what's the Empire. Other? Empire Empire is the other band. They're currently out now doing some shows, playing pretty much all over the country. Um, and it looks like you're having a blast, like you know. I it's see, cool, and I'm yeah. talking about the good and the bad. I'm talking about locking yourself out of your house. Yeah. <laughs> so and before we get into the the, yeah, the, yeah. the starting of it, totally. I I come in to see to 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 to, to obviously sit down with Nicky and that, and I'm saying I'm going to be there about six ish, and he's like obviously sound checked and whatever. And I come in and I'm like, well, where's Nicky? To a couple of the boys, and they're like, oh, he's in, he's asleep in the in 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 the room. So there's a. The room where they're playing and everybody's sound checking and noodling on instruments and there's Nicky, yeah, because he's had fucking no sleep, the poor bastard's knackered, he's lying on, on not on a proper couch, on where the, the punters will sit near the bar with a fucking blanket over him, asleep, just trying to get in any sleep that he fucking can. You and might it, in him on it as in and as well. <laughs> it's, and it's, God bless him, it's not a pretty sight. But it is personification of what it fucking is, life on it. That's what I said to him. So the first yeah. thing I said to him was like, give him a hug and said, you know, life on the road, this is this is it. So, you know, for, for me, that was, it was the epitome. I was like, fucking hell, man's putting his, his time in, like. Yeah, that's um, it, yeah. So, okay, let's, I always start kind of at the beginning and kind of move from there. So for me, uh, I always ask, when was the first time you heard music? Now, not less rock or metal or even guitar-based thing or anything like that. The first time you hear music, when's that? The first time I can audibly remember what music is, is probably um, sitting in the back in a kid's chair of my mum's um, black Fiat Panda yeah. in Jersey, where I was born. Yeah. And it was um, Europe, the final countdown. Yeah, but the, the greatest hits of ABBA. Okay, yeah. So that's what my mum had on like tape. See, what you can't see is why we should. I should do this as videos. Is, is Nicky looking off fondly because he genuinely, obviously, you know, that that's fondness or memory. Then final countdown. 
That's crazy. Yeah. I got, I got. That was the song. I was born when that was number one. Okay. So I was born in September nineteen eighty six, and I think September eighty six was when it was at number one. Yeah. Or it was definitely number one in eighty six. I think so. yeah, yeah. That was the song, believe it or not, that I came down the aisle to to marry my wife. Really? I I can. Compl- it's completely true. And the, the weird thing is. Is the, the very beginning of that song? People think it starts with diddle It doesn't. It starts with this weird, yeah, discordant keyboard thing. Yeah, and we had that. No one knew what we were coming down the aisle to, and that starts up with people like, "What the what the fuck is yeah. is Coop doing here? What what is this like?" And it takes a good thirty seconds before it plays into that that famous thing. Like, but I yeah, I came down the aisle to, just for for the sake of completion. I came back up the aisle, man and wife, to Highway to Hell, because that's how you fucking do it. But yeah, so. The final countdown and then ABBA, yeah. which is interesting. So I'm thinking, yeah. what's on the greatest hits of ABBA? Like, it's your money, like, money, 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 yeah, or Dancing, Dancing Queen, Queen, all that stuff. But then after that, like, my mum's, I probably don't give my mum credit with yeah. Europe and ABBA. Yeah. You know, you know, ABBA are some of the greatest songwriters to ever Did Most definitely, planet. yeah, most definitely. But, like, my mum brought me up on, like, um, like the commercial side of, right. of, like, pop and rock. So... I'd have like you know Brian Adams, Bon Jovi, sure, Motley Crue. Um, then there'd be like you know Rod Stewart. I think there was it was yeah, that yeah. weird album he did, which was Silver called Spanner in the Works. Um, yeah, what else was there? Like yeah, then there was like Boyzone. But then my mum got me into Slipknot. She bought the first Slipknot CD. Right. And then my dad has like the Beatles and I see. you know Eric Clapton right, right. Know, and Jeff Beck so that's quite a Andrew. nice that's quite a nice sort of mix there of new had, and old and yeah, really good I had everything yeah. kind of way. and then my uncle who, who is just a massive music head yeah, his thing is going out and seeing gigs around the world right you know and um, like my auntie lived in Australia for a bit as well and she saw ACDC in a pub before they were big Fuck. like all that I love those stories right, right. yeah and she, and, 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 um, and she saw the Beatles as well yeah, yeah. And in a tiny club and I said what were the Beatles like and she went they're fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how many times you get that with it like my um, my Mrs. Alfalli he's, he's not with us anymore but he would, t- he would talk about seeing like uh, you know Led Zeppelin when you could like Arms on the stage type of situation. You yeah, know, the Beatles where you could there was no there was no security. Yeah, people like, would just be like, yeah, and off and off you would go like and and every time he was like, yeah, it'd be alright. He's like, oh yeah, I saw you two in uh, you know in in, in some pub. You know, I wasn't that weren't that great. And then the next I was sort of was like live. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, it's always funny how they kind of remember that. Like, can you? Because we I don't know we've probably lost that now. We're probably not going to be able to to say we've seen that, but I will get into that. So you're in the back of this fear panda. This is the first time you hear music. Yeah. Is your mum singing as well? Like probably, she, man. Yeah. Probably, probably to the final count. Because yeah. Nick, Nick, Nicky, for those unaware, and I suggest you check out all the Rocket Doll stuff and certainly uh, some of the stuff the, the clips he put up of him playing live. Nicky also sings and plays lead guitar. Probably doesn't get maybe the recognition he, he deserves for doing both really well. Because some people, when they do that, fuck up one or the other, don't they? They tend to be okay. It's really crooks for their vocals, or yeah. yeah they t- but Nicky does a really good job of that. Do you think that was maybe? Maybe those ten kind of things where it started, like vocals and stuff. You kind of got yeah. harmony certainly with Abba yeah, and shit. Man. Like, and that's kind I of paid off. I think a lot of guitar players that I'd seen, especially from like my dad's side of music, is they all fronted and played. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, you know, Eric Clapton, for example. Yeah. And Cream, like that was like probably the most, you know, like. Oh, you, hey, you're 
in the moment. Th- you're in a three piece right, now yeah, with I that like, exact setup, all essentially. Like, yeah. All my favorite bands. I think that's why I love the three piece thing so much. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, all my favorite bands are like three piece, like like Nirvana and Kings X and stuff like that. The yeah. XEs and you know. And so was like there's there's always music going on at home. Was there always records being put on all the time. Do you remember it being a pretty musical household? Did they? Did yeah. you? Did, did did your parents play then? Did were they musicians? My dad did. Yeah. Okay. My dad was like in a band as in like 18, 19 yeah. in Jersey and they were called Mr. Rusty and the drummer had like two bass drums and yes. you know, stuff like they were kind of like free okay. you know and uh, they were, my dad said they were alright yeah. but um, they used to play through Jimi Hendrix's old rig because he yes. went to Jersey and they, they left all their shit in Jersey because it cost too much to yeah, so as often left, yeah. so they just left it there and there was a place called the Milano Bars which um, is they're like there, it's a, underneath the car park now. Right. You know, like out on the coast of Jersey. <clears throat> and um, yeah, the reason why my dad packed it all in is um, uh, it's this fucking dark story. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna do oh, it all. Yeah, well, you know, this, this contributes to everything. Because, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he had like a, I think it was like a 62, like three-tone sunburst Fender Jazz bass. Right. Had a Vamp Amp, which is like similar to like what Mark Boland yeah, yeah, yeah. T-Rex these are all things that you, you, you don't even reproduce these now. They're just yeah, it's super none of this rare, shit yeah. like is is knocking about. Yeah, you know, and uh, their guitarist went out to propose um, to his girlfriend in a dinghy, like row what? out into. Oh, the, right, the he rode his girlfriend in, out. Yeah, and proposed in, in, yeah, 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 like in into because like if you see Jersey the bay. And yeah, like yeah, there, yeah. And a wave knocked them over, and they both drowned, and they never. Fuck. And they never found the bodies. Fucking yeah. hell! That so, is like. The epitome of worst day bad that day, best day worst day, and it's like yeah, you go on like nineteen, yeah. Fucking and apparently that's he was tragic. Like, my dad said he was the he was the one of the band. He carried the band. He was the guy in the band. He's that spirit, that fire. Like yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Did yeah. he stop playing after that thing? Yeah, yeah, sold all his stuff. Shit. And yeah, then he yeah. Was like, he was like, fuck this. I can't touch this shit. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, it's in my blood. You know. Wow, that's fucking. That's insane. It's fucked up, isn't it? And it's just so then. Uh, do, do you remember kind of like when you went from being just listening to the music to actually you going okay I'm going to actually buy a record or, or select one yourself that moment when you yeah. became the instigator of it yeah yeah do you know what? I think my first taste of, of something I wanted to buy was Fairground by Simply Red oh shit right? <laughs> and I remember I got my first my own personal sound system yeah um, with like a CD player and two tape deck yeah yeah you know auxiliary and mic in so oh. I could plug my guitar yeah. into my fucking hi-fi and play <laughs> along on my fucking CDs that and I think after that I got into I got obviously I had like the cream of Clapton which was like a best of so you, were these were these this, were these vinyl was it CDs CD okay so it was CDs CD yeah so did you do you remember the experience of going out to buy your first CD did you get money your pocket money did you have, what, what was that like did you, yeah I think it was like you know because um, as I'm sure we've had this conversation before sure I'm a fucking ADD kid yeah you know? and so <laughs> trying my poor mum and dad. Like, my brother's a really cool, lovely, chilled out motherfucker, and there's me who's just a mess. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's lots of mirrors like that through my life. <laughs> and, uh, you know? So, yeah. Trying to contain me, there was like, well, if you can, like, you know, clean your room. And oh, okay, that so shit. it was like a, uh, a reward then, for. So, for... You go, you'll, we'll give you, like, five pounds. Right. You know, and then, like, 
every week or two I'd collect enough money where okay. I could go down to CD John's in CD, Jersey. CD John's in Jersey, that, yeah. that is an establishment. You know, and I'd go down there and I'd just be like, Rock, how, the rock how did section. you? Yeah, how did you decide? You go, so you go to the rock section. Was it by like, well, that cover looks fucking cool. Could you listen to stuff before you? Song titles and an album. Covers. Yes, that's it. Yeah. To, to, to the to the to, to the younger generation listening to this now, we didn't have that internet, or we didn't have you. You actually you maybe bought one record, two maybe a month, maybe maybe every two three weeks, and you literally looked at the cover and you were like, that looks badass. Sometimes it yeah. was, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah, or you'd be searching through something and. Some guy would be like, "Hey kid, what are you, yes. what are you trying to find?" And, yeah, and you know, like ten, eleven year old me, been playing guitar like a year or so, you know, and then you're hearing these names like more prevalent, like Hendrix. Yeah, it was you know, reverence to it, like yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I gotta check know, this person so out. All of a sudden, you got like, you know, like of course we know, like you got like Nofla coming into the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Beck, Jim yeah. Hendrix, you know, like all these people, they're like coming in heavily and then you're like, right, I'm going to find these names. And you go by the names, you okay. figure it out. Yeah. Because I didn't have the internet or phone yeah. to go like, what band did they There was no resource. There was a guy in a record shop who you go, I really like Jeff Beck with Rod Stewart. And you go, okay, well you're like this then. Yeah. And he kind of moved you into the right direction. So... Then you're buying the records and you, you take them over and you say that you're plugging a, 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 your guitar into the, the hi-fi and playing along. So when was the moment when you thought that I wanted to actually create this music then or, or, or duplicate this music? And then why guitar then, by well, extension? I was... Do you know what, man? Like, funny enough, actually, I was talking about this the other day about, like, I can't really play many other people's songs. Right. I, um, I got to a point where I never learnt a full song Right. I just only learn. I, I learn. So like, I want to learn the bit from this that I like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the rest is all trash. Well, to me. Eddie Van Halen talks about that a lot. When he was like, I used to be frustrated because I couldn't play like Jimmy Page. Yeah. And then I realised that the reason I couldn't play like that was because I played like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that, it. Yeah, and that was yeah. that style, and I just had to learn to ex- accentuate that. So, yeah. you, what? Why then guitar? Why not bass? Why not drums? Why? Why particularly Tucker's the old man? Right, interesting. Okay, Kate. and this is this is why I think has this has a massive impact to how I write nowadays. Okay, I started on guitar, and I'm not a very fucking fast learner. I'm a right. dyslex- dyslexic kid. Like it takes me a little bit extra just to fucking get things under yeah, my fingertips. Yeah, yeah. Learning stuff at speed is not my thing. Okay. <coughs> so I remember coming out my first couple of guitar lessons and I learned four chords. Everyone else learned eight. Devastated, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. great, I'm shit at school, I'm bullied for being dyslexic and shit. Sure. And now I fucking try and find this thing. Yeah. yeah. And the first lesson was like, oh yeah, I learned eight chords and you only learned four. And I'm like, will this shit. ever change? And then I realized, I was like, well, my dad played bass. Okay. No one played bass. Ah, and, I can't, so... and no one wants me in a band yeah, yeah, yeah. because... Um, there's no because everyone got more chords and people can pick things up got quicker more chords imagine that you, you, know what go, I mean? imagine you go, through, go to a band and go, and go well uh, okay we'll take you on do you know 26 chords I know 24 sorry mum you know, well, that's what it was like dude and crazy, like, isn't it? you know kids in my class were like getting like were cooler than me all of a sudden again you know because there's like yeah well yeah well he can um, he can play you know like 
this riff you know, right. and he can play the whole song and I'm like well I can't play the whole song I don't song. care for the whole song I just yeah. want to play the riff yeah, yeah, yeah but I can play like 12 riffs but you can only play five you, songs you, so. you didn't realise but right there and then that was you carving out you your personality right that was, all, no, that was I'm, none, not one of them is doing music now yeah yeah did you so you, you there was an experience of music at school then there was an actual music class yeah there was a music class okay. called, like took GCSE music and I got a sweet C yes you know yes you know that's the highest GCSE grade I got do you remember what they said about you why you didn't get B's and A's and stuff what yeah it's my theory that let me down right okay. I was on, uh, my practical and all the other stuff it right. was A stars Okay, but the theory of it, yeah, yeah, everything. But then I was on for getting um, an A, yeah, and or an A minus, I think, and uh, my theory fucked me up to a C. Wow! Did you yeah. did you have to do like a performance piece? Yeah. What was your performance piece? My performance piece was um, "Here, There, and Everywhere" by the Beatles. Okay. But That's, like, but, yeah. but a picked version, like playing. Okay. playing That's like, not an easy song. No, and I can't remember. I think it was. Uh, Mar- uh, as a Martin something or other's piece I can't remember the thing but he did like a right like a like, like a classical piece yeah, like standard of, yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah he made yeah, it a yeah. standard and played the melody with the bass line and the chords yeah the running bass line yeah, and, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and I learnt like okay amidst of that right so it was more was it more acoustically based yeah it was okay. yeah, yeah. yeah so you were yeah. more songwritery if you, if you know what I mean it was more like kind of strummed chords type situation okay yeah yeah so you know and it was all like picked and using like proper you know traditional finger tips. yeah yeah correct stuff. finger placements and yeah all that yeah, yeah. so and when when did the wheels come off then to go to electric and distortion and well that was actually still quite early man like okay. um I I remember um, I remember when we were doing uh, so I started playing guitar September of when I was my 10th birthday I don't think so I don't think so and um, then I think it was the crisp that Christmas yeah I got a red and white Fender Stratocaster yes you did it was a Japanese 1995 Squire series, that. but it was a bit, and I still fucking. You still got play. it? Yes, still you still it, got Rosebud. Yeah, yeah, I still, yeah. I still got it, man. I mean, the only thing on it original is is the word. Doesn't matter. It's had about four Doesn't fresh matter. jobs. You Doesn't know, matter. Like, Doesn't right. matter. It's but it's the guitar. same fucking yeah. guitar. Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And, yeah, and. I, it's still one of my best guitars. It's like a, a yeah. proper Jap Strat, you know. It's, just it's, got it's that quite thing. a series, but yeah, like yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's yeah. Strat caster. Yeah, know, yeah. Too. Just one of those, one of those instruments. It's just as you have a connection. So did you do? And that's what you did the majority of your writing with. Then did you move to electric? Did you lose acoustic and move to electric then, or did you do a bit of both? No, it was all it was all electric because it was right. just like as loud as I could be because sure you know then I mean I think I played bass for about a year or so yeah and then I didn't really touch electric you okay know? but then when I picked up electric because I've been playing like blues bass lines for a year yes my, I then found out that my fingers were had were actually more advanced than they were yeah else's, a lot of right? people yeah when they start on acoustic especially like the intonation and the, uh, and, the, and, the, and the string gauges and stuff like that they find that when they move to electric they're flying because it's, yeah. it's a lighter gorge yeah better, and yeah. especially coming from a bass world yeah you know, yeah yeah most you definitely. know and playing you're like, just going down and string you know playing all that stuff and then playing to a drum and getting band experience yeah you know um, was really integral because right. I came then from a very strict rhythm background okay. and pocket 
Right. So then when I picked up guitar again and really wanted to be Kurt Cobain at the age of 12. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You know, then, like, I realised that, hey, minute, I can fucking rip. <laughs> yeah, I can play. I can, I can, I can fucking play. I can rip. do what I want to hear in my head. I yeah, can and do, I can now yeah. understand the structure of more than eight chords. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. We've got to die now. <laughs> I'll do, like, ten or nine chords. Fuck them, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. When, when was the first time you kind of... Fell in love with it with a particular artist. Then was it was it Cobain or was it? Was it was Eric Clapton and Kurt Cobain. Right, okay. Those, they were like my two gods. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, was it for the same reasons then, or would, was was for Clapton was the fact that he was a singer songwriter and guitar player? And then I think so. It's the trifecta for me. Is what okay. I look in things that I like. It's, okay. Can they sing? Mm-hmm. Can they play guitar? And most importantly, can they write a song? Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. the the tri the trifecta of that is is where I'm at with it yeah so. you could see that most definitely echoing in what you what you do now totally. you can see you're totally yeah. totally taking those things and was it like was it an album that particularly kind of you fell into or was it a whole body of work like um, someone I don't know who it was but there was um, when I was trying to play guitar in school some kid was like hey check out Nevermind okay you've never heard anything I never, and I was like what's this and they said well he's the greatest songwriter of all time yeah. and that has the best drummer in the world on it. Wow! And I was like, uh, "Ginger Baker's the yeah, best drummer in the world." Fine. Yeah, I think you're fine. Yeah, you know, and and they were like, they were like, "Oh, you haven't, you haven't, yeah, yeah. You, you don't know yet, kid." Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was like, uh, "Eric Clapton's the best drummer <laughs> in the world," and uh, uh, Ginger Baker's the best yeah, in the yeah. world. I think you're fine. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. So then they said, "All right, kid, yeah. have this, have it, just have it." Okay. You know, so this kid from sixth form. So I was in like year. Man, what, I was in like year six or year seven, okay. so like first year of senior school or something. Wow, even earlier than that, actually, probably. Yeah, it was year six. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, so <clears throat> just doing my cats or sats or whatever it is, ready <laughs> to go off into yeah, like yeah. senior school, choosing what you want to be. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then Kurt Cobain comes along with, with and distortion like, and, and and it fucking changed my life. I because, bet it did, yeah. Because again, like going back to that ADD dyslexic thing, yeah. I was terrible at school, okay, but I was fucking wicked at sport, right. I was a champion 100 meter sprinter. Okay. Breaking records and stuff. Really? Yeah, and um, you know, did the same with hurdles and triple jump and relay, and I represented Jersey Channel Islands at at the the Youth Channel Island Games, and I won gold gold in all my events. Wow. You know, and then I made it into the 50th greatest achievements of the of the turning century in the Jersey article paper. I'm in a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you go into the Jersey archives. (laughs) You go either you can go down to I don't know where it is in Jersey, I think it's at the library, you go to the Jersey yeah. archives and check out the fiftieth greatest sports achievements of all time and I'm like thirty two or something. That's it, yes. So you it was more a case of like and without putting words into your mouth, is that the things that you you know, like the theory and this the, the, the sort of the written elements of it, you didn't gravitate to for dyslexia or whatever reasons. You kind of just really leaned into them. Well, I can play music. I just understand that. It agrees with me, and I, and I understand sports. It's something that you just resonated. You found them pretty quickly. Then it's yeah, and it's the same. And I did the same with like um, rugby as well. Yeah. And I was in like the jersey team for rugby. Then um, I, I realised I got um, a fear over hurting my hands because I did it once. Oh right, so you two, well, you break a finger or yeah, well, I broke okay. my finger and then I right. played my first gig. With a broken finger. With a broken finger, yeah, on the bass. Okay. And it's and I still don't know what song it was, but it's a song by the Rembrandts. 
Okay. Which wasn't the fucking wasn't that one. song. It was yeah. a different one because right. obviously they were a popular band at the time. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, but we're not doing that song. We'll do, know, we'll do, do something else. Like, like, yeah. yeah, cool. And it was like four chords and the way right. I was going, playing with my thumb. You know, okay. Thing, but I played it with a broken finger my first Jeez. gig. Okay. You know, and then, um, yeah, I think I was 11 for that. But yeah, jump forward again. I had this fear because I then started like rhyming songs and trying to play gigs. And then I was like, I don't want to do sport anymore because I'm afraid that it's going to hurt. The two a choice had to be made that one would yeah, affect the other. You know, right. and um, then I like left the rugby squad, yeah. and a kid called Matt Banahan um, went to <laughs> my place, and now he plays for England and Bath. <laughs> <laughs> from yeah, Jersey yeah but that was right. his path it wasn't yours you yeah, know? Totally, but yeah yeah, yeah that's know, fucked like, off that which, like... which is fucking funny <laughs> that's amazing so then because I always look on TV and I'm like hang on a minute hold on hold on look, look, change over to another channel and something I'm like fuck me I could have no I'm still slaving away <laughs> <laughs> you know but that, listen that was his path and, 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 and you were oh, totally, your path. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, you find that often it's the case that people just decide that like listen it's got to be one or the other and it, interestingly enough quite a few people I talk to sport and music are very closely entwined and they go you know what I could have done football but I think I went this way yeah. you know a lot of people do that so I think because they have nothing to do with each other as well they're a good get yeah. out for each one well it's well, as famously it's, it's the, the, the greatest way to get out of poverty is by sport or music you know yeah. it's, it's the easiest way you totally. can write a great song or play in a great team of whatever yeah. that's how you get out so it's like for someone who's very poor or disadvantaged they can look at something like that and go okay I can't earn a lot of money because I'm not clever or you know academically clever so I can't that was very much instilled to me as a kid as well right. like through schooling like um a lot of teachers and stuff and even classmates around me is very much like you're never going to do anything because you've wow. got nothing to give the world wow do you know what I mean wow it's like, because that's what happens at that age people are just brutal it's yeah I was at an brutal. all boys school there which you was go. catholic and yeah. shit yeah so you got all you the know. guilt you've got all the fucking you know worthlessness type of thing that's fucking insane that's to, to put on a young but person but my parents are the polar opposite though my yeah parents, they sound a lot more my parents free, are yeah. atheists yeah. You know, like they just did it for the good education. Yeah. I feel sorry for them, they wasted their money, you know. Which I take the piss, my mum's like, Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a great decision, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> But it's like but like my whole family was the same because I'm not like you know, I don't consider myself you know academically like well versed at all. But my art fellow was like, Hello, hello. I thought it was like you could be anything you want to be. Yeah. Just you know, if you get a good education, at least have that in play, and then you know you can do what you want. Then and choose. You want to choose to be a bum, choose to be a bum, or choose whatever you. But at least have a fucking yeah. choice. I never had an opinion on anyone else. I just I didn't really care. Yeah. I like my friends for being, you know, being just being people, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's how I've always kind of been. But yeah, you've obviously seems, yeah. Like I think, no disrespect to like my hometown of Jersey, but it's very much this bubble mentality of right. like I lost a lot of friends when I left Jersey yeah people were like how fucking dare you leave because it was that territorial wow it's like what you you know like what the fuck are you doing wow you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I remember I was in a band except the guy except the guy that's number 33 yeah right. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like where's he gone so I, st- I, I said it's you right so we should we should, we should we change should that in, and he's like you can fucking go and he's waving yeah. you off yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you know but did, like, because Rollins told, talks about going away, going on tour, and then coming back to his hometown, and people fucking hating on him because they're like, you know, I can't you, really go back. Yeah, I, I actually wow. like. I almost fear going back. Have you? You see, so you've never been back since you left. Yeah, 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 I've been back. I think maybe 
four or five times. But was it a bad scene going back where people like you? Yeah, know, sometimes you see the odd people. The fuck you think you are going off. Yeah, and I remember life. I saw one person who I used to play in a band with her and she play, plays in covers bands and stuff. And she was like, oh, it's so good that someone like you can come back to the island. And I was just like, my mum and dad live here and I have a lot of family here. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck like does Like you're doing that some kind of fucking, fucking charity work. It's like, what the hell? I was like, I am no one and I'm okay with being no one. Yeah. Respectively to myself. Yeah, yeah. I ain't a fucking celeb. Far from it. I'm just a... Yeah. You know, but then again, that, that that's a fucking social media fucking thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, we'll, we'll definitely get into that, that. Like, so when was the first time you... So you're making a noise yourself. Yeah. When did you think, actually, I probably need to play with other people now? Was it... When did you start jamming with, with other people? Well, I was, I was lucky that... Um, <clears throat> I had a really fucking good music te- guitar teacher right. who um, I still, you know, once every six months or so have the odd text. That's ace that you still talk you to know, like, yeah. And his name's Leon Channing. Um, he's like a legend in Jersey. Okay. And um, he used to play the blues, the, the Blue Note Bar every fucking Friday for like the last 30 years. Yeah. You know, and I remember like my dad would sneak me in wearing yes. a suit jacket and my long oh, hair. Oh, that's tied amazing. Up, you know, trying yeah. to get in and then I'd have a pint of Coca Cola in the yes. back and being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you yes. know, and uh, like just blag it until they yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 hold on. the fuck out. Amazing, <laughs> like some kind of like forbidden place. I love that, though. You know, that, yeah. that's fucking that's amazing. So then, did you kind of go, okay, I, I need to sort of play with other musicians? Then I need to play live more than anything else. Yeah, you know, you know and that's where the bass player up. thing was not. There's loads of drummers, loads of guitar players, loads of singers, no bass players. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I had like, I was in like ten bands. Sure. So the school concert, I was like in every fucking song. Yeah. Because everyone needed a bass, bass player. player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's how I got work, is because right. it's like a supply to the demand thing. Yeah, well, hey, listen, the, the, the more things change, you're playing bass for, for Kane, right? Yeah, next week. Isn't yeah, that yeah. a thing? Yeah, yeah the more which is funny, I'm like, fuck. Because my, my, <laughs> my dad's a place, my dad's like, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, boy, yeah, he's still playing bass. So, so when did like a, 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 it become a regular thing that you would play with people? Uh, Every weekend. I still right. remember the time, because I think that's part of my ADD. I had... It was every Sunday, okay. to, um, two o'clock till five at my house. Right. When I was like, um, when I was a kid, this doesn't make relevant sense to it all. Like, <laughs> sorry, my ADD shit this is coming right in here. That so my grandparents lived in the same house as us, but they okay. had like an annex built on the end of the house. Right. And then when they died, my dad turned their their the bedroom into a music room. Sure he did. So my, yeah, my yeah. brother played drums, and then okay. my dad picked the bass back up. And right. We used to have like a jam. Jam like and My brother takes. on the drums. My, yeah. You know, my brother on bass, and you know, me on guitar. And we just play like "Sunshine of Your Love." Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, "Hey Joe." That's quality. You know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that, all on the watchtower. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, all that stuff. Hendrick stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know, stuff like that. Like, really fucking, like, badly. But yeah, we, of course. We fucking played like, it. And like, my mum would come in there with a glass of wine. And, <laughs> yes. You know, and she'd be like, yeah. I you love know, like that, that, though. I love that. That's like a musical <laughs> equivalent of everybody gathering around to have tea and talking about kind of, yeah, you know, it's the same know, thing, you know. Yeah, that's it, man, you know. And, yeah, I, I remember those moments so, yeah. so clearly. They yeah. were fucking great. But I was very lucky that I had this mm. had this thing so yeah. and then I think then by proxy on the other side I had a place where it didn't cost anyone and we could make noise in my house yeah which is so, massive yeah. so people were like yeah I'll be in a band okay had a drum kit of mine 
because my brother had a kit, yeah. had enough amps to make noise, and you know my dad scraped money together, got PA. Yeah. So then we set up a, a PA system in there, and. So then, when does it become your own songs? When are we moving to songwriting? Very quickly, I think it was about okay. thirteen. You were just straight in. I was just like, yeah, because the thing is, I, I remember thinking quite early on, like, I don't want to sound like anyone else. Right. I mean, yeah, I love that. Kurt sounds Cobain, like right? it's a very, very powerful force in driving which way you've gone with everything. That yeah. You literally were seeking your own identity and you were seeking that you, you, what your voice and your prose was. I think that comes like. from getting bullied as well, though. I think it does. I think it's kicking you know I mean? right the fuck back, like, you know. Yeah. And when you get the opportunity and people are going, oh, look, I can play along the Watchtower or I can play Voodoo Child and shit, I was yeah. like, I've just worked out that. I can change the, an E chord by moving my finger here and then yeah. I can go here and I'm like, that's an E minor seven to a, a C nine and that sounds great. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But these chords are fucking cool and I can go yeah. to G major and then like I can go to D sus four and that's a song. Yeah. And that's now a fucking song. Yeah, that's me. It's kids to be creative. It's a creative so, thing. Yeah. yeah, so I can do these things. And, right. You know, then you had like Oasis and Blur and stuff coming through the. Yeah, because we're in well. the 90s now, <coughs> 90, yeah, yeah. one, two, and again into three and four, where it's like, yeah, Oasis and, and, and a yeah. massive explosion of Britpop and stuff. Yeah, and, and Stereophonics. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's another three piece that was huge for me. Right, right. Was I then saw like. Kurt Cobain was dead Eric Clapton wasn't that and cool and then Kelly's anymore. moving in and you get and then I like see, that like, yeah. yeah and then I see um, the Stereophonics and I right. hear Bartender in the feet for the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. and I'm like holy fuck rock is alive and it's played on Radio 1 yeah, like yeah, on the yeah. way to school it was, it was a massive explosion people think that after kind of uh, grunge kind of was effectively put to bed and stuff that there was there was nothing after was there was some fantastic bands that came came we from had like Supergrass doing like yeah. Richard the Third which was like heavy as fuck it's huge yeah you know you had um, you had Radiohead coming into their own then yeah we, we had OK Computer and that type of thing it's right, really yeah, interesting yeah. and involved songwriting Skunk you know? and Nancy yeah Skunk and Nancy um, was fantastic Reef, yeah, yeah. Feeder yeah you know and um so you, so you so you're writing your own songs fairly fairly quickly. Did you have a did you have an idea of what your you wanted to say, in as much as you wanted to sound like? I do, do actually. You know what I mean? I, it was like very much like McLean's and very much like now we're like that okay. chorus pedal thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And distortion was just too much gain. Yeah. It was just like angelic yeah. to disgusting in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. zero point two seconds. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, yeah, and I can fucking picture it now, man. Like just doing that, doing that sense of like learning a sense of harmony, melody by ear. And yeah, just picking it up and slowly. Yeah, and I remember just thinking, like, man, it, I it's the first time I. F- it sounds epic, but, it's, <laughs> but I remember feeling sure. this is the first time I felt like this is who I am yeah right. that's cool we can say that I mean? no, yeah we can yeah. say that without pretension as well we think yeah. we've led up to enough to explain that that's where it is that you yeah. that's like it's like Freddie Mercury says the bell that rings inside you sometimes that something just lights a switch and you that makes sense to me mm. and that's that's a start yeah. so when you when did you kind of go and go okay I want to actually form a band go from jamming to being a band I think my first band was called Nitoza Nitoza, what the fuck does Nitoza? It's that's like a, a drug for sleeping or something. Right, yeah, it's because we were a three-piece, of course. Okay. And we could all play drums, we could right. all play bass, we could all play guitar. We used to switch around doing different songs with different instruments. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and it was Nicky, Tom, and Sam. Ah, oh, so you've took yeah, okay. Fucking yeah, boy. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right, and I remember like I went on like 
fucking Adobe Night what, fucking Word ninety five and yeah. printed out like Night Tozer in Comic Sans MS. And you looked at it, you were like, and, pr- and then like stuck it on card and put it on the bass drum. Fucking right. In yes. Comic Sans MS. Yeah, in blue font. <laughs> yes. You know, capital N, capital T, capital S. So when do we have? When's the first gig coming to play then? I, f- I played my first gig at eleven. Um, I mean, as this as a band, as, 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 as a thing, where it's like this is this is effectively my band. Um, Here is our collection of songs. I remember we played a song which was like you know four chords, and my mate soloed over it for about five minutes <laughs> through like a ten watt practice amp, which yeah. I still have. Yes. And I still write my songs on yes. in my fucking house. Yes. Right? Um, <laughs> I, I post about it on Instagram. Sometimes yes. people are like, "What are you playing?" I'm like, "This, this, this, fucking, this yeah. thing's like 22 years old." <laughs> And I'm like, and it, it doesn't work on clean. It's fucked, but it makes <laughs> it, it makes disgusting noises. Yeah, like yeah, yeah that's it. You know, and uh, yeah, and I played it in front of my year, at year seven, and I remember it now. My head of year, Peter Travis, was just standing there, just kind of with his arms crossed, just looking at me, was just like, "What the fuck, what is, the fuck this? is this?" Yeah, yeah, and then like, and I remember afterwards there was this fucking cunt of a kid, and um, he just went, "Nicky," and I went, "Yeah," and he went, "That was shit." <laughs> Fuck! We've we've evolved. I I wouldn't care if I heard that kid burn now. Yeah. But like, um, <laughs> fuck him. Everyone looks like him. Yeah. That's always a that's a fucking enormous thing that did happen. Yeah. It, that and is. I remember, like, that, I mean, Shit. that's how that's how um, that devastating those words are because yeah, I remember yeah. them as clear as day now. Right now, and, and that I, isn't that isn't the that was, that's, that's, that's it to the time. Yeah. Guy, and yeah. I remember that was, and I can even tell you what time he said that to me. That was just before four o'clock on a on a Friday afternoon at the end of school yeah, and yeah. I was walking up the stairs to the top of um, um shit that's a searing memory that yeah and he like just stopped there. me and I was like yeah and he went you were fucking shit shit you know and I just remember that was the f- and I was just like well of course he was going to call me fucking shit because yeah, he, no one's he gonna... bullied me at school yeah, yeah, yeah you know he's a fucking you know yeah, cunt yeah, yeah. sniffer I hope yeah, he burns yeah. in hell yeah you know but it was enough thing, to you know? sorry don't worry yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> So, but that, this is the great thing about interviewing Nicky is that because he remembers everything, he get everything. You get yeah, time stamped, you get date stamped, you get. But that's everything. it though. But that's my problem is like because uh, you know you sit there at night sometimes and then you go, do you remember yeah. when he's called you shit? Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I go, yeah, I do. It was uh, like just before four o'clock on a Friday afternoon at school, oh, and you know that dormant sound when no one's yeah. in school anymore. Yeah. Right. And everything's quiet. Yeah, and it just cut through. Yeah. yeah, when you did, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, it, 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 it at the time you don't realise, but that's gonna fuel, God knows how many riffs, God knows how many songs. Yeah, and I still like, I still like, I wrote so many songs about that that, that moment and about that moment. kid, about right. just how much I fucking hate him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you know things like that, and that, those little moments are what like still. But it's still burning the fire. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. As epic as that sounds, that's yeah. exactly what it is, you know. Yeah. So I'm always very sensitive to critiquing people. Oh, that's interesting. I was going to say, so do you, you not only did you take that and you're like, okay, well, this is fucking. I never call anyone, I never go, listen, mate, this is fucking yeah, yeah. garbage. I go, all right, mate. Let's, but not for what, me, I see what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah trying to be diplomatic doing, about and, and, it. Yeah, but without the time, not not giving them BS. Yeah, like being straight but not being an asshole. Yeah, trying to be like There's constructive, you know. Yeah. As, 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 as well, I, as I do a lot of work with mentoring with younger bands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That. And that's one of the things I'm like, I never want to crush anyone because yeah. I've been crushed millions of times. So where's an interesting thought for you? Where do we sit then if that guy doesn't say that? Oh fuck! I think. What <laughs> if he says? What he turns around? Let's take. Let's go the, all the way around. What if he all turns right. around and says, "Fucking hell, Nicky, you're fucking amazing." 
then I think I'd be addicted to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Right? As opposed to already having a passion issue. <laughs> as, as opposed to having a, a cocaine yeah, issue. Cocaine issues, right? Yeah. And, and but it, but it's, what I'm trying to get at is that you know that you get that that whole whiplash thing. It's like how, what yeah. what where's the line to make yeah. you what you need to be as a, as an artist? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could think too much about it because it might send me back into therapy. <laughs> So okay, so talking about doing therapy. So when you start playing live, I mean yeah. regularly playing live. Yeah. You, it's it's pubs. It's it's bars. Yeah, what it's is like it? there's. Um, I think the the place in Jersey was called Sounds Workshop. It was okay. one place. I mean, you're talking another nine miles by five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. the tide goes out, it's like ten and a half by five. And a yeah, half. yeah. There's like not many. It's like like the only place there. It's a hundred thousand alcoholics clinging to a rock. <laughs> you know. Where like bullying is thriving and yeah. racism is free. Yeah. You know. So when 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 so you're playing live, is there a moment where you get that like the round of applause and you think, hold on, I fucking, I can, I can do this. I can, I can entertain an audience. Like, no, no, no. Do you know what I mean? Because like even um, you know, I, I think even in even as a kid, right, being in bands, yeah, there was this thing about like I had that kind of like. People would always stand there, you know, like singing a song, and I'd be like, fuck yeah, and then I'd be like trashing my guitar and yeah, shit, yeah. and you know, and. But do the guys in the band wouldn't, you were kind of like. Well, they'd give it some beans, but they wouldn't like that. No way. Oh, right, okay. You know, and then again. Why? What was the deal? You just didn't I don't like know. People thought it was arrogance. Right? Okay. Like confidence and belief in yourself was portrayed was as arrogance. Was just seen as arrogance. He couldn't yeah, see so then I got, So then you get bullied for that again because oh, of that's out. the Jersey mentality. Yeah. You know, so then you go, wicked, I thought I had something, and I cannot escape this. This, yeah, this fucking, yeah. This thing, and everyone then like fucking hates you and shit. And so there's never a moment like it's even at this stage where you think, "Fuck, I can, I can probably do this." No, there's no, no. And I, and, that, and that's when I realised I was like, "You've got to get out." Yeah, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going to move from Jersey to the UK." So yeah. when did that happen? Well, and my dad found out about this um, place called Guitar Institute in London. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "This is your fast track out of here." Okay. And um, you know, but the government, the Jersey government, doesn't recognise it as <laughs> as, as education at the time. It does now, okay. But at the time, and also as well because of Jersey, the course was actually one thousand five hundred pounds, right? But because it, um, which is not the case anymore, but yeah, they there was really, no funding for it because they no, didn't believe it. No, was it? not only that, for a one year course, it was actually five grand because they viewed me as an international student. Oh shit! And there was no concessions for that. There was no, no fucking no, no, scholarship is, no, or this some was, shit. This was in two thousand and five, um, and everybody's coming in and being really nice and respect. I appreciate that, guys. We'll try yeah, and maybe move somewhere much. quiet like you because this we're going to go for ages here as we do this podcast. I do apologize. Everybody's being so nice using the phones to do that. I know. You're Normally really, people really come in and go, "What the fuck is this? Show? Where's it?" Where's it? Where's it? Yeah, okay. Thanks, so thank you. My life story plus, yeah, plus yeah. we're it's now an evening with. Nick, I should have fucking right. charged. We'll do a Q&A. Oh, no, it's fine, man. We'll it's do a Q&A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at the back there with a question, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, you, so what, when, how old are you? When, what time frame are you looking when you leave then? I left Jersey at 18. Okay. It was March the 25th. I, know you, I knew you'd know. Yeah, it was March the 25th, yeah. two, uh, 2005. I was 18. And I moved to to Acton in London. So did you get dad go with you, or was it like going no, to university like, type of thing? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, I went over there, and I didn't have a place to stay. Okay. So where do you stay? Um, on the floor of people. 
Hold on, hold on. Let me just add one. I get this one. Right. So you leave Jersey, you get on a plane. Yeah, with my guitar on my back. With your guitar on and your my, back. And my backpack. Like, like, like right. Jovi says, you go, and you go on there. You don't know where you'll go. Once you get off the plane at the other end. I've, I've you got the know. course. I've got in. They're like, yeah, we went No, yeah, space. I get like, that there's a classroom on Monday to Friday. And, and, yeah, and the thing is, though, what was nuts is that they turn up and, like, the dippy receptionist was like, yeah, there's, there's, don't worry, you'll find somewhere to live. And we thought it was, like, dorm situation. Yeah, there'd be, like, a big building and you'd no. go there. So you get off the plane, just so you get off the plane to what? You just nothing. I had had my backpack and my guitar, (laughs) and then I I walk. I I go into Acton. I turn. It's nice and safe, Acton. Like yeah, it's nice and safe. I have lots of fucking stories about living in Acton. The reason why I moved from London to Brighton is because I witnessed a murder. Right. Okay, let's go. Okay, so you, you got out to fucking nothing. You's, there's nowhere to go, nowhere to stay. Did you know anybody there? Yeah, there's a couple of people. Thank from, fucking God. From like Jersey, who are older than me. Yeah. And, and we, they let me stay on their floor for a couple of weeks until I got some accommodation. And I ended up moving in with Celine Dion's drummer. Okay, so, so uh, anybody keeping track here? Do you need a whiteboard for this shit? Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, wait, it's okay. So then what's the course? Is the course kind of purely it's like, it's just theory? Guitar, yeah, it's like modern guitar technique. Okay, so we've already shit. established that theory wasn't something that you were particularly fond of. And I of. had to like really nail, nail theory. So how long was it before you get your first assessment and you go, okay, we're going to find out what you well, should like, be on it was, this? It was like um, three, three ten-week terms. Right. You know. So after ten weeks they sit you down and go, yeah, okay. Yeah, so like now you've got to fucking do an exam about scales and playing and learn this fucking So how song. did you how did you get to that then? So admittedly not being too much of a studying guy, admittedly taking ages to, to take things on. How do we go from that to graduating that first ten weeks and then the next two? Um I um, got ill and they thought I was diabetic and I flunked it and I never actually passed and to this day I always blag that I passed <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I actually, um, I actually, I, 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 I can bless you, dude. Bless you. I completed the course, but I never actually passed. But um, wow. But that's how I got into BIM. They went, "Did you pass?" I went, "Yeah." And they go, "Do you have your certificate?" And I went, "No, it's in Jersey." And they went, "Oh, don't worry about it." Fuck. And then you just got in. Yeah. That's fucking outrageous, like. Right. Yeah. But uh, you're very incredibly rock and roll, I suppose. Like, so then, hold on. So then, that was three sets of ten week courses. Yeah. And then you go to. The next place is BIM. Then after that, yeah. Well, well, that I just stayed in Brighton then. Okay. Yeah. And just th- th- that was where you kind of like. Well, the thing is, like, the thing for my ethos was right. Right, I'm going to move to the UK, and then I'm going to find people like me that want to start a band, and we're going to be yeah. the best fucking band in the world. Yeah, as <laughs> like, everybody as a naive yeah. eighteen year old. Yeah, of course. Kid, right. <laughs> so I do that, and then I find out that I'm in a class where only people care about is Ingve Malmsteen and. Um, Steve Vai right so it's heavy tech and, so and yeah, there's people there like you know like on yeah. the guitar and I'm like I don't care for this yeah, yeah. you don't like to musically masturbate <laughs> no yeah that's exactly it dude <laughs> did you, know? you did you pick up any elements of technicality from oh dude I became a you fan. must have rubbed some stuff must oh, dude, have rubbed. I, I got your well playing must I, have improved dude I was practicing 8 hours a day because yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. I did and acting was obviously so safe to go out and hang out all the time <laughs> so I stayed inside in my flat yeah, yeah, yeah. you know just going like and just you see you got something so from I got, it I got you know? fucking ripping dude I can't yeah, play yeah. like I, I could then like I was fucking but you're like you, shit, you, yeah. you, the quality of playing must have gone up so then at what point do we do? We, does the Rocket Dolls come into with them as a as a band? Because oh, you go down to Brighton. I assume that's where Ben comes in. Yeah. Then, yeah. I, 
So I moved down to Brighton after the, witnessing this fucking murder. Let's let's have that then. Let's All right, go the, on. It was like two o'clock in the morning on a, like a weekend night in Acton, and there's just fucking ruckus going outside. And I'm like two stories up in, yeah, yeah. In, this, in this block of flats. So I fucking open the window okay. and see this. Um, like, I don't know, this guy, I think, because I, I read it in the paper a couple of days later as well. I think the explanation like, of what? He was a European dude. Okay. And um, had a rucksack on, and a gang of youths tried to attack him. And instead of lying down, he went, fucking come on then. And they... And they ran off right. and got weapons and bats, and, and they just caved his fucking head in in front Shit. of me. Shit. So I just watched this guy get his fucking head caved in in like yeah. know, 20 foot from my fucking window. I did nothing about and it. I was fucking... <laughs> like, oh, I, did, I called the police. Yeah? I called the police, and they went... And they went, thank you very much. Um, can you, that's that, do you want to give any evidence and stuff? And I was like, no. Yeah, attacked him. So yeah, I thoughts. bailed. That does haunt me. Wow. I spoke about that many times in therapy. <laughs> Shit. But, that um, could have been fucking you. You got off the fucking Well, I called my mum at fucking like half through at two in the morning. She was like, what the fuck are you calling Come me? Come home right and now. And I was like, mum, <laughs> I've just seen someone die. I've seen a man. And she was like, she was like, I fucking murder you if you don't come she, over she goes, you're on the first flight out to Jersey yeah, in the morning, yeah. and I and I I didn't go to bed. I fucking yeah. I, I took a fucking cab to the fucking overground, went to um, Gatwick, and just flew back to Jersey for about three weeks. Just to fucking yeah. And I was just like shit. She's like, so what do you want to do? And then I was like, I don't know, and um, I was going to become a hairdresser. Okay, <clears throat> some things have fallen into place right, for okay. damn sure. Because when I first met you, you had. The and most it, mental hair. It was uh, mental's one word. Ridiculous is another. Uh, exotic is another as well. That was, it was fucking shit, mate. That was some. It. That was some hairstyle. It was a pain in the ass to tour with. I had to drive in a van like that. Like I know no one in the podcast can see this, but if you imagine, he's looking up at like driving dri- up. because it was a spectacular like creation. Uh, was dude. that for the? So why the fuck did hairdressing come from that? Because I was like, well, obviously this is not meant to be, you know, and right. I was really, really good friends with. Um, my mum's hairdresser and she was like why don't you get a fucking oh apprenticeship God, with Tony and Guy you're into fucking haircut and shit so I was like alright so I was going to go to Tony Guy then my mum finds she goes hey um, I went to Guitar Institute because of Kenwin House from Reef because he went there yeah 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 and then it goes my mum goes hey because my mum's originally from Brighton and my dad's from Sunderland yeah 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 so which is why I support Sunderland you know <laughs> Okay. We'll get into that. We'll, we'll get into that. that. We'll definitely way. get into that. <laughs> so, you know, and so um, my mum goes, hey, there's another music college in Brighton. Okay. And Kenwin House teaches there. And he's, yeah. And I was like, Fuck. People forget he's just as a sidebar. People forget he's a fantastic player. Dude, he's incredibly, sick. He's incredibly technical yeah, player. And I, yeah, and like, I had a six foot fucking billboard poster of him with a yeah. fucking strap going. Giving it the full beat. Yeah, 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 from like the um, Place Your Hands. And you video. know him and then you kind of go, okay. So, so I was like, amazing. So I did the how, same how thing. How many people's hair did you cut before you, before you went into that? Did you actually go and do it? Be a hairdresser? No, I didn't do it. I was like, I put my name but down. You were real close to going oh, to fucking, hair, was, barber college. Yeah, dude. You know, and then my mum's like, go over. So I went back and go down to um, to the BIM audition. Yeah. Which, know. what was the audition? And I played, um, it was like, you got to play guitar and, you know, just that. And I think I played. On your own or? Yeah, just on my own. Yeah. yeah. Again, so I had my Strat in my hand. Yeah. Got the train down Just to Brighton, yeah. and I'm going. Oh man, I wonder if I see Kenwin House. And then Kenwin House opens the door and goes, "All right, oh, mate." Uh, and I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah. you are on my fucking bedroom wall, motherfucker." <laughs> you know? So it was like fucking mental. Was he? Did you have to audition to him? Yeah, he yeah. was taking my fucking audition. And I, and I said to him, "I went, 
excuse me, like I am nervous. I'm, I'm 19 years old, and yeah. I said I'm from Jersey, and you know, I was like, you've been on my bedroom wall since I was a kid because you're like quite a bit of a god to me, dude. Yeah, yeah. And he I went, he went, no one's ever said that to me, and gave me a big hug right that, and then he went. Um, which I think which is why I, I sealed the D I, I told him he was a hero and he was like yeah. fuck yeah but um, then I played oh uh, was it Middleman by a band called the Dust Junkies do you know okay. the Dust Junkies I know the Dust Junkies yeah, yeah I know so that song I, I played um, Middleman <coughs> and I remember he was like yeah and he was going Love keep, him. keeping my time oh yeah so like you know that. you're in you and almost it, know and he's you're going, in. He's going yeah, yeah 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 like yeah. this and I remember it like that and it was fucking mental and did he tell you there and then he was like you're in kid didn't yeah you? and he's like you're in man yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I was like wicked and then um, I gave him like my mum's contact details and my dad's contact details and then they sorted out and so how long were we there for then what a BIM yeah a year okay that was 2006 and then then I meet Benj in yeah. October 2006 okay. were you <laughs> so we were you like where would, was BIM still technical or was it um, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah still an emphasis it, on theory and stuff yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah and it was all like about um, um, you know how but it was more like you know you can do this as a career you don't have to be some bedroom shredder you can okay so this gives you the thought this like, could be a you career you can form a band and like from the year I was there, the year before that, the Kooks had got signed from there and yeah, yeah, a yeah. band called Rooster. It was a little for factory, it was, there was some bands going right. out there. Like, yeah, 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 totally, yeah, yeah. you know. So I ha- you had all that stuff going on yeah. and um, that was cool. And I stayed, my, my first flat was um, the flat that the Kooks lived in. So I right. thought there was some sort of like... Mystic. Godly presence. Vibe to it, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. thing happening where it was meant to be and shit. So, so then this is uh, the, the birth of what we're, we're kind of coming to now is with the Rocket Dolls. So you meet Ben. Yeah. Um, and is that the first kind of you start jamming just together? Do, was it... Well, actually, it's, it's, the story's funny. I was in a, okay. I was in a different band called um, Voice of Mayhem. The Voice of Mayhem. Which is a fucking shocking band. Fucking hell. Yeah, and the reason why I liked... I wanted a band... Were you a, the Voice of Mayhem as well? I fucking don't know what the Voice of Mayhem was, man. <laughs> you know, it was terrible, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ben actually auditioned for it and didn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a... We, 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 we've got Ben with us just sitting with us now. It's, it's Ben's, ben is the drummer uh, uh, of the Rocket Dolls was was he drumming was it was the audition for drumming yeah just so no yeah okay and he didn't get in yeah did you have a say in that no I didn't because the bass player's like I can't look at him he's not in I'm like but he's Why the not? sickest one because just talent didn't like his didn't like him what yeah. the fuck just didn't like the guy and he's yeah. just like fuck that guy but then like by like two months later all the other two were like oh, I don't think this is very good and he's mate. dropped off and you're yeah, like yeah. Nah, and then man. I was like fuck this you know so then um, I was like right I'm going to start a band I've got a cool band name called the Rocket Dolls I was auditioning. I had a bass player at the time, Steve. If yeah, you yeah, know. I remember Steve. And um, <laughs> and then I was like, me and Ben were hanging out a lot at that time anyway. And Ben was actually singing, hadn't played the drums in like a year. Yeah. And then I, he was like, "Are you um, auditioning drummers?" And I went, "Yeah, I'm like two hours away from the auditions." And uh, Ben goes. I've learned all the stuff. Do you want to have a jam? And I was like, yeah, but for some reason I didn't go to the jam place where I booked like 25 drummers to come and audition me. Went to a different studio. Okay. Didn't tell the rehearsal studio all the 25 drummers. When me and Ben started playing Delirium, a demo of Delirium, okay. you know, that I had. And I was like, yeah, that's it. 
that's it, I've got the drummer. And so there was I, somewhere in the world, there was 25 drummers all showing up at this other place. Yeah, and they all fucking hated me afterwards. And funny enough, I bet they one, fucking did. Funny enough, <laughs> do you know what the funny, hilarious thing is? One of them is Ollie Sugars, the tattoo artist in Magnum Opus now. And every time I go in there, he goes, Motherfucker, do you, you remember? You fucking stood me off. stood me up. And, I, and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It, yeah. it's all right, it was meant to be. He was fucking it... tattooed that spider on me That's as well. That's amazing. Like, like there. And he Cosmically, and... it worked out like, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, cause, yeah and he's like a really successful fucking front man and shit anyway. But yeah, it's just yeah, really yeah. funny. He goes, yeah, you fucking pissed everyone off, mate. No wonder everyone hated you. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like, how do I just do things? I'm so... I'm, I like to think I'm a nice guy, but I just just circumstances pissed everybody right. off. So man. when's the when did the Rocket Dolls become in your eyes a, a thing a thing that you think okay I did we've, we've talked about it could be a career you could actually earn a living by playing the band fuck well at, at the time know, yeah before the that, big market crash of like 2010 yeah 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 because um, we're getting up to being you know we're getting up to Napster time and stuff and yeah we, this is a little, a little bit after that, that. yeah a little yeah. bit after that so we've had that this whole fallout of devaluation of music if you will like yeah, you know like 2008 now right the band like the rocket dogs when we started march 2008 okay that's when it was like okay did you just make it was, was it a conscious decision or did you just get everybody together and go this is i decided not now. to do t- a, the last two years of a degree because it was like i don't need your degree to tell me how to rock and roll my yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so you know little as I'm, like, i really could have done with that degree <laughs> you know? um but <laughs> fucking <laughs> That's, that's another fucking thing in there but um, yeah so that was that and it was like yeah we're going to fucking make records and we're going to tour the fucking yeah. UK and we're going to become yeah. successful fucking rock stars so where where did it start when you decide to do that where, what what do you, do it, was you ne- it, was, it was never not a thing okay right do you know what I mean it was, but I did you ever like kind of get a game plan or a, a, a fucking you know this is how we're going to the route of, a, we're going to buy a to band do it. right okay slam all our shit in the back and just play anywhere and we're just going to play until no one or until either no one wants to book us or everyone can't stop booking us as fast as, yeah. we, as we want is there yeah. still any of that moment where you play to a crowd and it goes down and you fucking kill it is this yeah did you get those jokes? do you remember it's when still, it first happened yeah but you know like we played birmingham on this tour with empire and um riders creed and People, I didn't sing the last chorus for Deadhead. Yeah, yeah. And the breakdown before the solo, without prompting the whole crowd, started. You know, like a rammed room starts singing a song. And yeah. Never had that before, and I was like, wow. Even eleven years in, like, yeah. You can't prepare for those little moments. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's not fucking it's a so million people. No, it did, fucking, but it's organic. But it's, and like, it's very it's like real. Fifty, sixty to a hundred people, whoever it is, in a room, and they're yeah. fucking going like, fuck yeah, we're rocking those t-shirts it. on, and they're fucking screaming. Yeah. you know your fucking song yeah you know and you're like I, you know for me that was like I could have died right then yeah that was only three weeks ago yeah do you know what I mean yeah because that's like I said at the, the very beginning is that you've always been extremely DIY extremely get it done and it, you said one of the things I do you want to talk about is you kind of assisting other musicians and other yeah. people in the business so what why do that where, where's, where's the motivation to do that is that coming from directly from those guys giving you a fucking hard time and you thinking you know what I'm not going to be that person yeah. and I owe it to do something else yeah I think it would be a different pre- way. I, I think there's something in me that's like I have an opportunity where I can help people and it doesn't cost me anything it doesn't cost them anything mm. I don't want anything off it yeah. I just want to know that I kind of as, as wanky as it sounds like I have an opportunity and knowledge to give someone, so why not give yeah. it? Otherwise, who else, who, how are they going to attain it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had people saying, you're a pile of shit, you're never going to do anything. But at the same time, I was very lucky in a position where I had someone like 
Ace from Skunk and Nancy, who's mm. a really good friend of mine, yeah, going, I, re- I really believe in you guys, and I think, mm. I think he's, he's just like, just don't ever quit, just don't ever quit. Just he don't said, stop. He said, there'll be times when you want to fucking kill each other on the road, you just got to remember the next day you'll love each other. Yeah. And you've got to keep fucking... You'll write you, shit songs, you'll write great songs. So when, stuff, when, yeah. you, when you see someone that you think maybe you can help, but what are, what's the criteria? Is it a young band and you think, okay, well, do you I approach think them? People or know that happens? I help people, so they obviously come yeah. to me and go, can I have some advice? I'm like, what on? Yeah. You know, let's go, let's have a Skype what do you what do you, what do you find is the, is the biggest thing that they, that, they, that they maybe misunderstood about the business or misunderstood about what, what you maybe took a bit of time to learn? I mean... There's bands that have been going... Because there will be bands listening to this now who will go, okay, well, that's a band who tours yeah. and they play with other bands and they, they have all the, 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 the sort of the accoutrements of what a touring artist does and they earn a living from that. I want to do that, but I don't understand how to get from where I am. Like, you know... There's, there's no... The, the sad thing is about... Yeah, it, there's no route one. There's no fucking way. If yeah. you do this, this will happen. It yeah. just doesn't fucking work that way. Yeah. You know... Do you, you think that's the biggest one of these problems? People think there is some kind of good go, silver oh, bullet oh, to oh, do, it. I want to tour like you guys are doing, and yeah. I want to get on, um, you know, Planet Rock Radio like you guys are on, and, you know, I want to, you know, do this and do that. And I'm like, mm. we've been a band 11 years, and yeah. we're still going, but there's bands that did bigger things than us, for a short amount of time but yeah. it's like you know they, they the, the flame burnt very quick and they're mm. done and yeah. people don't remember who they are whereas we're like a slow burner right you know and we're like a fine wine you know, the older we get the thing is so yeah. I suppose that we have that on the side like Riders Creed they're only like in their early 20s and yeah. you know mid 20s it makes me feel like old as shit because <laughs> like Ben's 31 I'm 32 Joe our bass player he's 25 yeah but um yeah you know, then you go like, man, I have actually done a quite a lot, and I have been around here doing this shit for a while. Because one of the advantages you you have, we thought we talked about this for a, a while back about it, is that you come from a part where there was no internet, vinyl, CD, and what have you. Um, you know, to right the way through to being massive, I mean, infinite amounts of information, massive ways of of exposing and, and and taking in music, and you've been able to see that and see almost the the kind of the the, the change in fashion and, totally. and, and and that type of thing. Did you? Were you quick to change how you did things? Because you had like pledge campaigns and stuff, right, and things like oh, that. You know, yeah. And, well, yeah, and that was that sounded like all kinds of things to deal with that, like you know. Well, I mean, like before, I get to the pledge thing is before that we there was MySpace, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was like, oh well, this is now a tool how you get big. You yeah. go and add people, and people go, oh, this is a band. I might listen to them mm. before you've even done a gig. So we did that. You know, and then it was, oh, now you've got to move it over to Facebook and you've got to get people to like a page. And then it was like, yeah. oh, there's this thing called Spotify and iTunes and how do you get on iTunes? And then yeah. you have to sign up to this money scamming fucking company that will yeah. fucking make your MP3 that you spent a thousand pound on. Now yeah, there's just, just, no, just no value it's now to it. Se- yeah, it's yeah, now yeah. 79p. Brilliant. That's fucking yeah, great. Yeah. You know, and you got to fight all these things. And like, there was a time when it was all about radio playing gig and then it wasn't. Mm. And now it is again. Yeah, but is it? I don't know. No one knows. You get. You know, it's, a, it's, it's a like, funny it's, thing. It's a valuation of something, isn't it? Like the, the the physical material seems to go to one or two ways that most other sort of CDs and things have don't have a value. But whereas like a very special edition uh, vinyl will have a lot of value and the, the, the two yeah. are kind of like separate. And then uh, uh, good bands, good live bands are, are always going to be around because that's tangible. It's something people can take a phone picture of, totally. a video of, and it's tangible. Yeah. But you've always been the live act you know that's always been hugely yeah, important totally. for you, you yeah. know? and a lot of people say that they go 
they go, I really like the records, but I just you nothing can prepare us to hearing the what next. the Rocket Dolls are like live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just go like, fuck, I can't believe those three kids or yeah. human so beings with, making with, this noise. With this knowledge and like I say, you know, 11 years, 12 years of, of going yeah. through there, when you kind of look at where, where we are as, as with bands now, is it, a, is it a better or a worse time to be a musician? So um, it's probably, for me, it seems worse. Um, but then it's, it's, it's supposed to be your outlook, isn't it? I don't, in, in all honesty, I just don't see what's different to how it was. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm lucky because I, I, I work in, I work for a PR firm. Yes. You know, so we'll I, talk about that as well. Right, yeah. So I see like both sides of the mm. thing, you know, and there's like a mystique of like, ah, oh, <clears throat> you know, I'm getting reviewed by this person and then, you know, you meet them yeah. and just like you, they're a dude that likes music. They understand, gets it or is on your right. side from your world, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and that, you know, a lot of the, you know, the big sparkly lights of, of like certain reviewers and magazines and radios and stuff. Yeah. They're just people doing shit they like. Yeah. And once you can get your head around that, none of it seems to be this massive mm. deal. But you just know that to public perception, things carry harder than they do. There's, there's also that sort of mentality as well that people see the, there's so, so many different ways of getting your music out there, Spotify and iTunes and all that type yeah. of things and Bandcamp and what have you. People see that, so there's so much that I that's a bad we, thing. But that's People a, went batshit when we got a blue tick on um, Spotify. Right. Right. I did it by accident. <laughs> okay. And all of a sudden it was like, um, oh, you can now get your own individual profile on Spotify. Right. Sign up to it here. Okay. So I went sign up and it went click here to be verified. Okay. And you'll get a blue tick. So I just clicked on it and I scanned my passport. Okay. Get, and I scanned an address. And then 24 hours later, they affirmed it and we had a blue tick on Spotify. Right. And people went batshit. They were like, you're fucking verified on Spotify? Because it's that affirmation. Right. Yeah. But now a year or two later after that happens, you just... It just it's an automatic thing, so why is it even there anyway? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, like you know these little fucking nuggets of stuff where people care and like I don't really know, it, li- just little things like I saw a sponsored ad of your band. That's you fucking big. It. Yeah, but it's maybe it's changed from when like when it used to be. Do you like know what I mean? to, Yeah, when you like a long time ago, used to be if you had a, a vinyl record, you have made it. End of story. Right. Yeah, if yeah. you had a flyer for your show, you have made it. If you had stickers for your show, stickers. If you had a T-shirt, you were Metallica. It was as simple as that. Yeah. If you had these things now, that shifted because it's. You know, I can print T-shirts down the road in in two minutes. I can get patches done, hats, everything can done. Yeah. So that's kind of devalued that now. It's more like social media. It's more kind of like, well, your page looks very good. You have a very good website page, or whatever. So then that moves, that seeks nicely into the PR thing. So the PR company, you kind of, what is, what is it you do there, and who are they? And what is a PR company? Fucking hell, what is that now? Oh, I know what it was like ten years ago. What is it now? The best way I describe it is, if a band comes to me and we sign them into a PR company, it's my job to try and make someone give a fuck about your band. Right. Yeah. And that's it. Because what one of the things people don't understand, some some people maybe listening now, is that there's many people involved in the process of being a band. So there's there's a whole crew that will do uh, when you go on tour. There's management there's no separately. True, there's no for, true DIY as well. That's one thing. There's right. no real DIY is not a thing. Okay. It's, it's it's a blue tick on an imaginary pointless thing. Wow. Okay. In my opinion, there is no. DIY. And, and a PR company is just merely one head of the hydra, isn't it? It's just yeah. one thing that gets looked at. That you and you know you have all these like I say you have all these heads in your company, if you will. Yeah. And the PR thing is just one thing, and it, like you say, it's just about raising exposure and awareness about that band. Totally. Yeah. Well, the thing is as well. 
well, right? It's that in the 90s, you know, you and me would be in a band called the Super Cool Motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. We get signed by, you know... Alan McGee. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, we get, <laughs> we, we, we get signed by Geffen Records. Yeah, Geffen himself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, and, um, you know, he goes... Right, you're on a fucking seven album deal. Away you go. Fucking yeah. one million pounds, and you're like, yeah, yeah. holy shit. You're gonna go to um fucking LA, and Rick Rubin's gonna record your ass. Yeah. And you're gonna get it mixed by fucking Chris Lord Algieri or yeah. some shit, and then it's gonna get mastered by fucking Andy Wallace. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, man. And Here you go, we go. We're gonna get these writers in, Dar- Carol Darcy or whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. Who write wrote dark writers for you and do all yeah, your exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, holy shit, and then you go. And then we're going to give you this personal training so you're not fat anymore. Yeah, yeah you're stylist like and shit. Yeah, and make exactly you look good right. on and camera. Go, yeah. And this is Barbara. She's going to be in. She's yeah, this be, whole team springs off. She's going to book all your shows. Yeah, so you're yeah. Piss her off. This is your agents and this, this is your road yeah, agents, yeah. different from your it, other agents. Exactly. And this, this is your TM. This is, this and is your, your manager. He's yeah. going to keep you sane. Yeah. And I don't ever want to fucking meet you ever again, but he's going to be the middleman. Yeah, we you may know. ever meet each other again once we leave this room. Yeah, the only time I'm going to meet is if I'm going to fire you or if I need to give you more money. Yeah, yeah, You know, so now that doesn't exist right really mm. so do you think there's still an illusion for young bands that that does exist that the, the, the minute you get signed you sign you sign your deal and that's it everything's taken care of there's a load of sort of let's angels come in and take that flow. it's purely about yeah. cash flow and what that means yeah because I was um, I was with Rob Chapman the YouTuber the other day yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was talking to me about what it means to be charting Okay. Now, what it means, yeah. Because yes. previously, it mean it meant a great deal. Now, right. Well, I because I've got fourteen year old son. Okay. And when he's like, yeah, but they've charted. They're they're on the they're in the charts. They're doing their thing. They're on Spotify playlist. There's your blue tick. It's back in. It yeah. now means everything. Yeah. For my generation, for like what we are, like me, Joe, and Benj. Yeah. If you charted, yeah, it'd be fucking cool because when you're a kid, you saw yeah Stereophonics going yeah. at number two. Yeah. Right. You know. And like you know, Man Street Preachers have a number six or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck your rock is still alive. Yeah, it's still there. You know, and then I think Rolling uh, by Limp Bizkit got to number one, didn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Right, do you know which, what I mean? But it, but the, which merely illustrates your point: the fact that I don't know the last the last right. metal or rock number one I think I ever remember was didn't Iron Maid get to number one just after Christmas? With uh, bring your daughter to the slaughter because right. kind of all the, the Maidenheads went out and got picked it up because it was just after Christmas when no one was buying records and Maiden put it that, that was the last time I remember a well, metal or rock act being number one yeah well the thing is man that's it you know and you know for me I'd, I'd love to I'd love to I'd love to chart just because it's something I saw as a kid right? right so it's more of a personal aspiration it doesn't yeah. probably mean much okay. but then you go to if you want an agent or if you want to go somewhere else in the, in, in the world from my experience it fucking carries so much clout and weight Right. If you go to like Australia or something, you go. We've had a top forty in the UK album charts. They'd be like, "Come Here in." Here we go. Come the well, fuck it's, in. It's it's you it's know? a CV thing, isn't it? It gets yes. you in. It won't might not keep you there, but if you can go, listen, we're top forty. We've got X amount of plays on X amount of whatever it is. Right. It's just a little thing to kind of taste there, isn't it? Before you okay, well, we must we must have to at least listen to them. You know what I mean? It gives yeah. you that there. You know, it falls apart if, the, if your band sucks. But well, it's, it's very easy to do it now because if you name a band, I go, we do it. They, yeah. Like Joe will go, oh, have you heard them? Um, so and so band, the, yeah. The motherfuckers. And you go, okay. No, um, is that them? You go, yeah. yeah. 
oh they got like 35,000 monthly listeners yeah oh they must be legit I'll save them for later yeah done done yeah, it's, right? it's, clean it's as not like, like yeah. oh cool I'm going to catch a bus now into town and so did you have to record. did you have to almost learn that university and be a PR company working for that did you have to learn how to be because that's what it's seen isn't it the social media gurus who kind of work out what your profile is if you will of a band yeah. you know did um, you have to learn that yeah because like, that it's, sounds it's like a, a hard, fucking horrible thing to have to do like yeah dude, sounds like that's massive... selling your soul almost isn't it well not so much that it's just to like, see how the matrix works yeah it's like you get you get to see behind the curtain and you're, yeah. like, you're like oh shit like oh god and then but then you go is that it, it that that's real okay it's like five people yeah 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 they're fucking cool one of them's a bit funny <laughs> you know but like yeah 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 you go like oh shit and then like you go he came to our show mm. and when I went to that fucking big gig at Wembley Arena he was there doing it it's the same fucking people man yeah you know there's um, that massive misconception of like oh my god you gotta get this person to listen to your stuff they're gonna fucking change your life the gatekeeper yeah. there is no fucking gatekeeper there is no thing well, like maybe it may, I'd, put it, I'd put it forward that maybe the internet has removed all gatekeepers now because your audience will find you. You know, if you get so, if you if you put out a song now and it had one million views on YouTube, that would draw people to you. But would it? Well, I don't know. That's a, I, get I, I put that forward. 30, you get about twenty five, thirty grand from YouTube for it. Yeah, which would be great for you then to make another record. Yeah, I, I mean entirely divorced from a from a business model. I mean the. It, just to get as a PR thing, as to as a public relations exercise and getting people to listen to your music. Yeah. That surely, if I'm looking at a list of, of like, what you can do it on, you pick any, like, I don't know, Fleetwood Mac Dreams, and it'll come up with many different versions. The reason that the one at the top is this because it had the most amount of views. So, purely from a pure uh, sort of public relations thing and, and how that's seen, that's got to mean something. Does yeah, it? I think. It, mm. Is it? Is it? Is does it come down to a binary thing of when you kick in the rocket dolls and say there's there's you, but say there's a motorcycle gang from Abergavenny called the Rocket Dolls and they have more hits than you, so they appear <coughs> higher on that search. There was a burlesque group called the Rocket Doll Review, which I okay. had many an email. Uh, what did they go? They go after you for the name? No, because we've been around. Because we're fucking dinosaurs now. So yeah, we've been around and we. Can you go played now. the long card and just okay. Yeah, yeah well, it's like well, actually, you know, we've been a band since two thousand eight. Yeah, old as shit, and you started in twenty twelve. So it's a fuck off. You right? can't be called the yeah. Rocket Dolls. Yeah, I'm sorry. Put your tits back in. And fuck <laughs> so you know. it, there's there's two sorts of things here. There's the what are the misconceptions that that, that people have about. PR public relations of what a band has to do to raise its profile and what are the realities of the, 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 the doing that like what's a day to day thing of a public relations manager um, the lots, PR lots company promotions couple of you will lots of coffee phone calls and emails yeah Sweet. it's just a, it's, it's as it's always been it's about yeah but there's also there's silly demands from things you know um, I suppose I've probably got to be careful how I say some things but you know um some people have expectations their, more than demands. Yeah, okay. Some this is the thing when I say when I'm when I'm saying yeah. like it's my job to it's my job to make someone give a fuck about your band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't write the reviews. I'm not going to play them. I'm not the yeah, fucking yeah. DJ or the fucking radio um, guy that goes. Yeah, this is all right. I go. Hey man, I've got this band. We've taken them on because I think they're fucking great. I think they're I think worth I, looking at. I think they're worth looking at, and I honestly think they'd be a credit to your A list. Yeah. And the guy goes, all right, mate. I'll so, take a listen to it. But it doesn't like them, yeah. But 
they might get one or two spins and then they're put to the back of the fucking pile. Yeah. Or you might get someone you you might get someone who you usually go to and go, oh, it's not my thing. And then you go, is anyone in the in the office that wouldn't mind? They go, actually, yeah, David will pick it this up. Then you build a two, another contact in a fucking magazine, and David yeah. goes, oh, I really like these. Can I do a spread on them? And then you go, Yes, I fucking got that in. Can you, you know still I mean? can you still be like quali- like write a quality tune album, whatever it may be, and and make that breakthrough without that promotion? Yeah. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, because if you look at this, might be like yes and no, but from the other side of it, you, okay. you've got like YouTube, for example. Right? Yeah. There's a band called the Crazy Eighty Eights. Yeah. They're all YouTubers, mm. and they formed a band, and they're sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they never played a gig. They just made some music videos. They got like thirty-three million hits. They produced this album, which sounds fucking pain. Yeah. You know, and then they go and fucking book a show at like. I don't know the Enorma Dome in London sell yeah, it yeah. out and everyone's like they haven't even got a manager they've just done it themselves off YouTube yeah, and a couple of texts Yeah. and you're like holy fucking shit yeah. I can ne- I'm, that's never going to happen to me I'm never <clears throat> ever going to be in that position right. unless I started a weird YouTube channel you think about that then? Do you know what I mean I think so I I mean, I don't know, I'm going grey now, mate, so I don't Fuck like people care. Yeah. Do you think it's, it's, it's a youth thing as well? You think it's driven by no, that? No, I actually don't think age has anything to do with anything anymore. Okay. I think that's bollocks. I think that's mainstream media bollocks. That right. So, but even like, like those legacy acts then, do you think that they... Because they, obviously they have a, a, a resurgence of popularity with some, something like some ACDC or whatever. Some people who are old and in their legacy category, right, yeah. can't fucking play. Okay. Right, did you ever see Chuck Berry's last shows? Yeah, okay, I always say, yeah, yeah. They, they were still duck walking, They right? were still sending, him, sending them out, yeah, yeah. They were like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. like that, but he, and he was like, eh, eh, but he can't fucking play. So, dude, f- coming from your perspective, here's, here's the real question then. How are we, re- are we replacing those acts? No. Okay. I, I believe when you get, when um, the Foo Fighters call it a day. Right. And Green Day call it a day. I think they probably are already, but... I in think, the right heads anyway but yeah I mean? I yeah think, you think, think that's that'll it be, that'll be the death of the stadium band the, uh, actually I'd say the only people that I can see in like big contemporary music that are kind of doing anything like that are John Mayer okay Ed Sheeran and Lewis Capaldi right apart from that they could do it like it feel like you know 60,000 oh, yeah, yeah yeah apart from um, maybe Adele right you know but apart from that you've that's seen, a you've, bad thing you've right seen then? the death of the stadium band for sure really I think so yeah yeah like I mean, stadium rock or just as an act the stadium band like you see three motherfuckers like three four guys playing their instruments you, that's not going to do yeah it's not happening I don't fucking know. I, hell I think that's done I think that's done How, what, can we fix it is it done is it re- irreparable yeah, because you've got people like Riders Creed here. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, he's such a PR guy. He's such a Jesus Christ. So Slipped into we've, PR. We've now got it because of the fascinating insights that Nicky's presenting us with. We've got something of a, of a crowd. More than anything, this is where the beer is. So um, that's probably not the case yeah. as well. Any, but uh, yeah, You're so on a podcast, by do the do way. We, do, yeah, we really do, really do, do we do anything... Is it right to just let that happen? Is that going to be the evolution of things? Because that's fucking frightening to think that... Where's the next headliners of these festivals, like Download and Bloodstock and Vakken? Yes, and yes. Where are they coming from? Um, they are coming from now, but it's not as fast as it was. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I know what I mean. I, I was, I I was raised that it's faster. Mm, it 
is and it isn't. But if you look at us, for example, like we're we're a band of eleven years. Yeah. Okay, we've had some like bumps, you know, like me being ill and shit that have yeah, heavily yeah. stunted probably two albums worth of material yeah. being produced, right? We got like we're like I'm I'm thirty two, right? And you have got Writers Creed here, and they're like early twenties, mid twenties. Yeah. Know? And they're like, they're like, and I mean this politely, they're a step ahead of like fan, fandom and like yeah. stuff than we ever were at our age yeah, yeah. it's just because I'm not ill anymore and we've got a bass player who can actually fucking play bass <laughs> you know and we can actually play live yeah. now where it's where things are starting to happen but you know I was saying before like the slow learning thing yeah I think that just that's just part of that's my just your that's psyche, just that's just like, yeah, I've made okay. a lot of mistakes in PR and stuff yeah I've had to go like that's very know, honest of you to say because you know I mean? if, if there's one there's one side of this business that, that often gets the 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 bullshitometer. It's PR, isn't it? You oh, know, yeah, the, oh, this band's it. amazing. How many tickets can they sell? Oh, they'll fill your place. You know, that's that type of. It gets lumped in with that, even though it's not. PR's a different, slightly different thing. It still get lumped in with that. Uh, yeah. They talk a lot yeah. of shit. Yeah, and even when there's, you know, there's bands that I've seen and I've been teching. Okay. You know, and you go to these fucking venues and there's no one there, and then you see the review. Yeah, because you're interested in who reviewed the show because yes. you're part of the crew, and you're like, and they're like playing to a packed room, and I'm like, bullshit. Yeah, is does does the review still matter as a thing? Well, like if, it, if someone comes it. to the show tonight and they write a review and good, bad, or indifferent, it's with maybe 25 other people that write reviews because everybody. What and what is a review? If it, if there is a review, their Facebook thing tags you in saying. Uh, Riders Creed were amazing, Rock Dolls were amazing, Empire were amazing. Is that a review now, or is, does the written review even, even fucking matter anymore? I don't care about live reviews for me personally. Okay. I couldn't give a shit about them. Good, bad, or indifferent? No, it doesn't bother me. I did in the early days. The, the thing is, this happened to a friend of ours, um, similar thing, but this also happened to me when I didn't have the spiky hair anymore. Okay. And someone reviewed our live show and mentioned a comment about my hair. That it was still spike, so they weren't even there. Right, they weren't there, ah, and right. they said they were all right, and they just listened to the EP and commented on my hair. Fucking hell! Right, okay, so then you go like really like. Did you call is... them out? Did you want? No, I didn't. I didn't. You can't not... entertain that shit. I, I don't. I just like. Do you know what? It's not worth my fucking bated breath on that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's tough because if you feel that way, and then you're involved in PR, and someone does, you know, your opinion you think matters, that's got to count, then, right? Yeah, but if he, Dom Lawson listens to a, a record and says it's good, he's a name person. Right. Yeah, of course. Whose opinion? Yeah. He writes for the Guardian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, yeah, yeah. It's got people like Paul Sexton as well. Who, yeah, um, yeah. I, I know that. He, I, I don't know him very well, but I've met him a few times, and he deals with some the company that I work for in the mm -hmm. PR, and he doesn't pull no punches. He writes honestly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's but uh, for a long time honest yeah like, oh, shit. so when you when you when you sit there and you explain to a, a band comes in they go okay we want you to to work with you doing pr we want you to raise exposure and, and all the rest of it do you kind of lay out your expectations with them as well to listen this is we're not going to suddenly you're not touring with slipknot tomorrow it's not going to work like that this is pr is not a booking agent it's not yeah a but that's what i'm saying is it seen that way yeah you get some like i, I okay this is what i get a lot when okay. i get like bands coming to mental to go we want PR, we want a radio plugger, we want to be on Kerrang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to be on Kerrang TV and stuff. We want to tour the States and go to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we want, to, we want to sell out London. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you even fucking good life for a start? Can yeah, you fucking yeah. play? Yeah. How long's the court? Do you, do you have a long courting period with the bands that come and see you? 
Do you go? You obviously don't see a lot. What mentoring? Or I mean, I mean the initial sort of you know kind of relationship. But do you go and see them live before you even sit down with them, or you go? You know, do you? How much sort of research do you? Do? Can you tell straight away? Is there a period of time before you sit down most, with them and go, most, okay, most here's bands, our plan? Most bands that I work with for not um, for PR, but for um, um, but for mentoring, I have to have seen them live really and yeah. I have to have had some sort of contact with them but I do work with a band in, in um, is it Arkansas in America or yeah. Arkansas I can't, I can't Arkansas. it's Arkansas, Arkansas isn't it yeah. okay right cool I, I think he bollocks me every time I say that he's actually English but lives out I'm there I'm pretty sure he should do as well like that. I know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are his PR guy like. uh, well no it's not this is the, mentor, <laughs> this is the mentoring side of it but right. I've been like helping him go if you do this and do that for what you want to do you know you can I think you can make some moves if you follow these patterns religiously, yes. religiously and like I'll build you a plan where what, okay so that's interesting so th- what, what's that plan give me an example of what that is and if too obviously it's going to be to set to kind of whatever that person is and it's, it's all kind of organised based on what they are but what's an example what would, what are you giving them what are you saying are you is giving it, them like a six month battle plan okay right. this is your brand new band and these guys are called Winter Raven and they had okay. 56 monthly listeners when I started with them. Right. They had 4,000 as of March this year. Okay. So that's, that's one of the goals is increase the yeah, listenership. Yeah, that's more than I've ever had, but that's where I've got them to. Yeah. And they followed everything I said and did to the fucking T. Yeah. And I'm like, well... Which would be, give us, I, I, what I'm trying to get is an essence of what those things are. Because people will be listening and be going, okay, Nicky, I get it. What the fuck do I need to do? Now, I don't want to give away all your secrets because why the fuck would they, 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 they wouldn't come to you? Yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What, give us a flavour. Give, so. give us a taste of what something you would say to a band. Say, listen, you need to do this. It's looking at their image, right? Right. And then, like, the first thing I say is, and um, I took this idea from a friend of mine, Mark Clayton from Pitch Shifter. Yeah, I know. And it was like, okay, give me five bands that you think you sound like. Okay. And I want their album covers. Of the of your your favorite album by them, yeah. and I want their um your favorite image by them. Right. And tell me why you, why you like that. Why why why, it means why did, what, what this you know? It's like the rocker does going. I fucking love Britney Spears, man. Yeah. It's like you can't name Britney Spears as an influence, mate. Yeah. Because you do not sound anything like them or look like. Yeah, it's got right? it's got to be a touchstone. Yes, yeah, but if you said yeah. Slaves to Gravity, Ruben. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Ian Thornley, you yeah. know, uh, Nirvana, then people go, all oh, right, yeah, I know what I you mean. hear what it's going to yeah. sound like a little bit preemptive. Like yeah, that. do you know okay. what I mean? So there's yeah. little things like that. And bands so is that, like, is that, a, is that almost, almost, it's not, but almost a branding thing, you know what you are? Yeah, I suppose it's kind of like building brand. And then like we're moving into then logo and yada 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 and image and, 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 yeah. and that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. You know. So that's, that, that's like, do you think that there's still, <laughs> do you think the internet has maybe skewed some people's perspectives of that then? Usually, dude. Yeah. Especially from being a band where the internet was like, I was still using MSN Messenger. Well, we're talking MySpace, for Christ's sake. Yeah. They just stopped you know. that and took all the music off that. You yeah, know? I think I did my first Brighton gig. It was at Belushi's Bar, and I advertised it on MSN Messenger. <laughs> That's and MySpace, right? That's amazing. Yeah. You know? you, you, it, was, it was the social media du jour. Right, But now it's you've got to be a fucking a beast at it. And I don't understand because it changes all the time. Yeah. And in terms of the only two ways of seeing it is that that's either exciting or completely daunting. Yeah. And if you see it's completely daunting, it's probably not a game for you. Yeah, and just, you just, gotta just, go, just go and be a lawyer or something then, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to end on that. There's no way I'm ending on Nicky's six. Nicky's fine saying... That he wants to be a lawyer. I'm not going to end on that. So what's no, next don't. now? So okay. So from let's finish up with the PR thing. So the PR thing. 
you're working with several bands now, or you? Yeah, it's so not Winter's me, Raven. It's, 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 it's like, sorry, as a collective. Uh, the mentoring thing is separate to the PR thing. Yeah, yeah. Then you know, although some. So with the PR thing, who are you working with now? And with the mentor thing, who are you working with? Um, well, I've, I've been out of it for about two, three months because I've been on the road. And yeah, yeah. The next, and the the next Rocket Dolls records. Okay. Um, but. You know, before that, you're working with bands like the Dead Daisies, Chris right. Shifflett from the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so fairly, fairly decent acts. Yeah. You know, and you know, uh, is is here's a question for you. Is Michael the, Monroe, Skin Dread. Is the PR yeah. and the mentoring thing? Is that a retirement plan as well? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like it's cool that when you think that you've done what you need to do, you can go okay. I'm in the pro- I'm, in the, I'm in the process of um, working with some people to set up my own company. Yeah. 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 And just did that. It's got to be the best way to explore that what you want to do. Well, I think I, give, I, give well, it back without sounding too half Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Um, I enjoy it. So, so the, the, let's get to the real meat of the next Rocket Dolls album. Yeah. So what are we? What? What? What's it going to be then? It's really. It's different from anything we've ever done. Okay. It's. It's a. It's um. Um, if you're looking uh, the grunge side of things where we've obviously come from yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that side of things no. okay it's more straight organically up. or by choice or kind of just that's how it came out or you were like let's write this uh, when we create frame you remember frame yeah, yeah. oh yes <laughs> oh yes oh yes <laughs> oh yes right which is like nine years old now that's scary it's so scary yeah right okay <coughs> um, when we did eyes that had nothing to do with frame Right, and right. then Deadhead has nothing to do with eyes. Yeah. So this next one, um, called the Art of Disconnect, okay. is not going to have anything to do with Deadhead. It's because it's quite, it's quite a lot of time in between there. You're a different person, man. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, yeah. You may even say. Yeah, yeah. And we're actually, as well, you know, what people don't realise this is the first record we've actually got a bass player on. Yeah. We've never had it. Like the um, Eyes and Deadhead, I re-recorded all the bass because our bass players were cunts. Yeah. Right. So and now like, you've. If this is actually so. We would go as far to say is this is the first sort of proper rock dolls record. It is. I think it's that. Fair, isn't it? I think it is, mate. Yeah. yeah. It feels that way, and it's 14 songs as well. It's not like 10 or 11. Yeah. It's 14 songs. Some of them are proper art pieces. Is gay and wanky as that sounds? Yeah. Like for me, like there's one song on there in particular called Habit Machine, yeah. and like art just means it means something to it's you. It's proper man. art. It's like it's got no commercial value to yeah. it. You know, it's yeah. not three minutes exactly to try and get on the radio, and <laughs> yeah. it's not being very polite with the first chorus comes in in the first yeah, 11 yeah, seconds. It's not formulated. You know, yeah, right? It's yeah. like it's a it's got a 24-piece orchestra on it and a piano player on it, and you know, a, a brass section on it and all sorts of shit like that. It's a so, piece of art. So that kid is getting off the plane. He's <laughs> got his guitar. Yeah. And he's looking up and he's like, "Fuck, acting's rough, and I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. I think I might form a band." And he comes round the corner, he bumps into you now, and he says, "Fucking hell, Nicky, you look like me, except with better hair." <laughs> what, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck do you say to him? I say, "Are you sure you want to do this?" <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nicky <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. I'll do. There you go. Okay, so that was Nicky Smash. That was thought it was a pretty pretty nice conversation we had there. Going to some really interesting things uh, above, uh, which me mispronouncing words and stuff because I'm an idiot. But I think you know, just uh, I, I lean into the fact that it was a nice conversation. I think you know, so that was uh, really really nice to talk to them. 
uh, talk to him and talk to you know uh, Ben and, and and a lot of other people there as well, which is which was really cool. I hope you enjoyed that show, and if you did, and if you, if you didn't, leave some messages, you know, put some some bits and pieces out there. Um, if you it, what you thought, and if we should do that type of thing again, if you liked it, you didn't like it, you know, anything that you it raises interesting questions about the PR of a band, can a band be successful with just good songs? How much does it the work to require? All that type of thing. I think that's an interesting conversation, and it's one I'm going to have with a lot of people as we as we as we go forward. So, so I don't have a. I didn't want to have a, a cute sort of fucking funny quip to do at the end or a catchphrase. Despite you know, good afternoon, good evening, good metal. Didn't want to have it again. In, instead, I wanted to play a band that I really liked. That was ideally local, but not always the case. That I really, really liked. I wanted to uh, showcase songs by them and have them play us out. So it made more than enough sense to approach the the anonymous. And the Anonymous played at uh, the Heat 3 of Metal to the Masses. They didn't win, but realistically, it's not about that. They, they're a great band. And so the 20th of July, they're going to have their single launch party. The cheeky bastards like Fall on Hope, they're playing their album in full. Now the Ominous doing a single launch party. But they're doing a single launch party, and this is the single. I don't know if I'm the first to play it does it really matter no it doesn't you know but i think it's uh, it, it needs to be heard i think it's a great song i think the band are great and i think they're going to do some really cool stuff and i just i just thought it was really class so um they've got their, that launch party there i would suggest checking out the ominous um you'll you'll be able to see that i'll put some links on the on, on the posts as well so you can you can kind of check their music out and see what you think yourself and it'd be interesting to hear what you think as well i'm going to be at that show um where i'll be i'm seeing or shouting down a microphone i don't know i don't care because i just want to go and listen to the, the songs they've got so let's just get straight on with to play out uh, this episode of the spoken metal show i give you the ominous with ragnarok <laughs> Guys. 